Welcome to Converge Coffee with Sean Sullivan. I am here with Terry Wada. She is the president of Collabo Creative, a service design company that partners with service conscious organizations desiring to complete exemplary customer experiences and grow customer loyalty. With over a decade of experience, both practicing and teaching in the design field, Terry knows that an organization's success or failure is often driven by how well they understand their customers, patients, members, or users. As she has such as built her career and company around connecting and understanding customers in a way that goes deeper than numbers. Terry focuses on getting to the key drivers and desires of people's behavior to uncover why they do what they do and what they really want and need. Terry has led hundreds of successful service um, design initiatives ranging from journey mapping the largest healthcare network in Indiana to engaging thousands of residents in a citywide challenge to understand and address youth violence. Doubling as an educator, her work and research has attracted national grant funding and has been featured in international publications. The most notable of her speaking endeavors was the facilitation of design thinking workshop for the U.S. Army at the Pentagon in Washington, D.C. Terry, thanks for being on. How are you? Oh, I'm fantastic. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I kind of stumbled through that. Sorry about the little collabo con- <laughs> creative <laughs> little nuance little there. I was of, like, a, of a tongue twister. It is. And my, my mouth is dry and I'm like, eh, I cannot get my, can't, can't get around that. But um, with the teaching and with, I mean, just, I'm just impressed with your background with being an educator and actually practicing things too. Um, why did you start Collabo Creative just as a company? Um, well, so I've actually been thinking about this uh, lately. So can I share a, a story about this oh, first? Go right ahead. <laughs> so, um, at least I've been told people enjoy stories. When I was growing up, uh, my dad had um, his own business. He had a, an office supplies business. And, you know, granted, this is in the, the 1980s, so you can know my age there. Um, but he was an entrepreneur who's kind of a crazy guy, always had these new ideas. And um, he, he started this business. He kind of grew it from a warehouse operation into a retail store and then had um, brought on a team of folks, fantastic folks, had a sales team, had, you know, store people, had warehouse folks. Um, but over the course of about 15 years, so, you know, the whole time I'm growing up, I, we saw the, um, we saw the industry shift because being in office supplies, you know, the, 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 the big warehouse stores came out. So Staples, Office Depot, Office Max, um, and he was a small, you know, family business. So over that time frame, I saw my dad struggle in from growing a business to starting to lose his business and sales dropped. Um, everything started to shift. I saw him lose his, his warehouse, lose his storefront and have to move the business into our house. And then I saw his team dwindle down to just my uncle and my dad. And at, you know, the, the last few years, it was just my dad working so hard trying to support us. Um, and in that, it, it kind of just made me realize that there was so much change happening in that industry and he wasn't able to keep up with it. And when I think about what we do as a company, when we think about service design, it's really, it's really about capturing what customers' needs are from their voices in order to connect that with the shifts that are happening in, in, in your industry so that you can always keep your service, of, you know, 
at the forefront of what customers are needing and wanting, or maybe not even knowing that they need yet. And, and so that's why we do what we do. And, and that's become kind of a big reason why we, you know, why I started Collabo was to help companies grow, help companies to connect with customers so that it can be a win-win situation on both sides. I like that. I mean, it's, I think that's what a lot of businesses struggle with is they have a main focus and a main idea, but do they have customers on their end that are going to resonate and actually buy and actually um, succeed from that product service, um, that relationship? Mm -hmm. So I, 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 like, I, like, I love that background story of what you've learned from your background because I do the same thing with podcasting and other stuff too is what I've learned from my past as a child growing up. I'm like, you see um, patterns and different stuff. And you're like, I, I want to fix that. Mm -hmm. So I love what you're doing with the creative side. I couldn't do that. <laughs> so um, going in more into um, the mindsets of things with people and, and businesses and customers. Um, one, what is the design mindset? Because I know that we, you, we've, we've talked about um, kind of in your intro to just, you know, collaborative creative and design mindset. Mm -hmm. But what is that um, for, for the listeners? Mm -hmm, absolutely. Well, and so um, a little bit of background in our approach, right? We use this kind of approach called design thinking in how we collect information and um, apply that to solving challenges and coming up with new service experiences or new products or whatever the, the outcome may be. And so in that, a lot of what we we try to focus on, and this is coming from, you know, my education or my educator's background. Um, we've just been developing over time um, different processes and, and methods and tools for carrying out, you know, a design thinking approach, or some people call it a human-centered approach. Um, and one of the things that we found that was the most impactful, especially when, when working with students and starting to train professionals, is really shifting that mindset. Because we can give you all the tools, we can give you all the processes in the world, but if you don't have, if you're not in the right headspace, you don't even think it's possible, you're never going to really be able to capitalize on the tools that you have, right? And so when we talk about uh, the design mindset, we're really think um, there's four kind of areas that we focus on. And it's first and foremost, having kind of an action-based focus. So you have to take action. Design and design thinking is all about putting something out there, seeing what happens, and then learning from that experience. So it's all about action. And then the second piece that we focus on is, and this is going to come, you know, from a lot of research, but that growth mindset. So I'm sure you're probably familiar with Carol Dweck and her mindset book, right? She talks about fixed mindset, growth mindset. And so that's what we're talking about is being in that growth mindset and having this belief that things can change, you know, things are not fixed. They're not always going to be the same. Um, and then the third piece is this idea of inclusivity. So having this inclusive mindset, knowing that, and, and of course, this doesn't really have to really have to get pounded in because we're all familiar with diversity and inclusion and why that's so important and all the value that multiple perspectives bring to solving a problem, right? Um, and then that la the last piece, the fourth mindset that we focus on is um, is really where creativity comes from. And it's all about being curious. So together, it's, you know, action, growth, inclusive, and curiosity. And when you bring those four kind of perspectives um, together, and you're able to get into that headspace, that's where you're 
really going to see um, your ability to be creative, to be innovative, to be collaborative. All of those things start to just become easy for you to do. And then when you have those tools, it just makes it so much easier for you to leverage them. I like, I, I like that. I like the, the action approach is kind of the biggest thing that I've kind of um, noticed with that. Because a lot of people are like, let's, let's just ideate and think about it instead of actually acting upon it. So mm-hmm. can you kind of walk the listeners through an example of uh, the design mindset with, with some actionable like advice results and everything? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Well, and that's, that's always the easiest one to latch on to, right? Because there's so many times that we see people like talking about, we should do this or we should do that. And how often do you actually do something? And that that's really the whole thing. And what what we've, you know, what we've come to realize is a lot of times what keeps us from action is fear. And it's usually, and it, it doesn't have to be this crazy phobia kind of fear. It's just just the small little inherent, you know, fears that we have in ourselves, which is I, I'm afraid to put myself out there because I'm not sure what's going to happen. So that fear of the unknown, right? Um, I don't quite know what I'm supposed to be doing. So there's this, a little bit of fear of ambiguity. And really what we talk about with action is you're going to learn so much just by doing something. So one kind of example would be, um, and this is kind of a, it's a really simple example, but I just like to use it. Uh, if you were to think about, everyone's got a bedroom, right? If you were to think about redesigning your bedroom and you can, actually my husband and I did this at one point, we talked for hours on how we wanted the bedroom to look and the kind of style we wanted it to have. We went on Pinterest and we looked at all these pictures and gathered all these pictures and made a board, um, but we didn't take any action. And so nothing in our room changed. It's been the same ever since until we started to say, Hey, you know what? Let's actually model this out. Let's do a, you know, a drawing of our actual scale model of our room and let's pick out some of the pieces that we really like and put them to scale and start arranging them in the bedroom. Right. And then from there it was like, well, let's actually see what happens if we move the bed. What's that going to be like? Because what we noticed was even though you could put little figures in this drawing, it's still not the same as when you move the bed to the other side of the room. What does that feel like? Right. And so it doesn't, when we think about action, you're always trying to figure out what's the simplest or the smallest action I can take to understand what the experience is going to be like. Right. And so that, does that help as a, as an example of how you just want to get to action to do something to figure out what that's going to be like. And then in that, it's not about taking action to say, that's it. That's, you know, that's what the solution is. It's about learning from that experience and then taking another action based off of what you just learned. I like that. And now that helps me with my feng shui of my room and how to, how to decorate and actually being actionable about it. <laughs> I'm not just sitting around like, what should I buy there? And, and just going out and saying, okay, if I move this here, move this here. So moving, no more grilling questions, but can you kind of give it like an offline background of how you helped a client kind of come to um, maybe an aha moment or a learning experience with just simply acting and thinking as this design mindset? Mm-hmm. Um, let me think if I can find, think of a good, simple kind of example. Um, uh, 
Okay, so we've been um, we've been working with a healthcare group for a while, and uh, they've been wanting to shift from because they've been highly, you know, like a lean organization, which makes you highly internally, you know, internal process driven. Let's like make sure that all of our internal processes are running smoothly, um, and that we're starting to optimize and not have a lot of downtime. Uh, and they they had this they had made this decision that we want to come at our our you know our processes and how we operate from a patient perspective. Let's be more patient centered, which is fantastic, right? For healthcare, because that's so all of us uh, public people want. <laughs> and so they they were shifting that perspective, but they didn't quite know how to carry that out? Like, what does that look like now that we're going to shift our perspective and say, we want to come from, come to healthcare from a patient perspective. So what we, um, some of the things that we asked them to do were, you know, about a lot of it, it was strategy type of things. And so in that, with any big organization, it's hard to shift strategy, right? Because they have their way of working. They've been doing this in this way for so long um, that it's hard to gain traction when you just have a, you know, a concept or a strategy. So what we, what we did with them was we actually worked them through doing one of these projects. Let's try doing a patient journey map. Let's see what that's going to look like. And we did it in a really small case, right? Let's, let's just go and reach out for one week and start talking to five patients and see what they say and see what we learn from that. Right. So it wasn't a huge investment, but it pushed them to feel like we can do that. We can spend a week, we can talk to five people and the value that they gained in doing that, just the insights that was gathered in that one week was able to convince, you know, the larger organization that, Hey, we need to do this. This is super valuable. And it's just those really small, simple actions, right? We didn't have to say, Oh, you need to do a whole huge journey map, but they convince themselves just by doing those small things and seeing the the learning that comes out of that. Exactly. Doing something small in order for a bigger impact of kind of mm-hmm. making, getting the ball rolling is what you're kind of doing with a lot of people is just that one little like snowball becomes <laughs> an avalanche. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And I think that's so, the hard thing. Sorry. I think yeah. I, I think that's the hard thing with action is because a lot of times when we commit to action, we want to see massive results, right? We're all about like, well, I did this and I've been doing this for how long and I'm not seeing the results. And it's, you know, if you can change those into smaller actions and every time you do it, you shift the action just a little bit, you're going to see different results. And then it's, it's, you know, scaling up when you start to see the impact. I like it. I like that. I just, I just love that approach that you're not overwhelming yourself, that you're just starting out small, moving and, you know, figuring it all out visually too, because a lot of us are visual learners. So how do Mm -hmm. we figure this out visually? Um, So enough about design thinking, collaborative creative. Um, This part of the episode is more about you. Um, What makes you tick? Like, why do you get up in the morning and you want to go work? Why do you do design thinking? I'm sorry. I, I think I cut out in that last part of the question. Um, so what makes you tick? What's, you know, why do you get up, um, you know, in the morning with Collabo Creative and you're like, this is the reason why I do this. Mm. Uh, I think first and foremost, I love my team. I just, I love the, 
we're all girls, not to say that we don't like men, but I love the group of women that I work with. They are fantastic. They make coming to work just a joy. I I look forward to working with them. And I think um, I would say it's, it's the collaboration, right? Not to be cheesy because we're collabo creative, but <laughs> it's it's really that idea of collaborating with other people. And in doing that, it fosters creativity. It just fosters, you know, relationships. And I, I look forward to that every single day. So that's why I come to work. Um, and I'm, I'm excited, you know, I'm always excited to see Who's, you know, who are our new partners that we can work with and how do we work with them and collaborate with them? Because every time we bring in, you know, new folks or we work with new, new partners, it's always, I always learn so much from everyone that we work with. And I think, you know, I think that's what, you know, at the core of me is this whole idea of like collaboration and learning is that just makes me tick. I like that. Oh, it's, it's all about people helping people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like that. So what do you do as a hobby or quote unquote creatively <laughs> um, that you bring back into um, Collabo Creative and then and you're and being an educator and everything? Um, let's see, this will sound a little boring and maybe I'm kind of boring, but I I love reading and I'm on this whole reading kick so, so if reading could be a hobby, I guess that's what my hobby is. Um, but it sounds so boring and dry. Um, but that's, you know, that's the kind of stuff that I, I think it's, a, I love that love for learning. And I, it's not just gathering knowledge, like that's not learning. It's, it's about gathering new information and then putting it to work, right? Applying it and seeing what happens. And I think it's maybe that's a whole experimentation or something and that, that's what drives that need or desire. But so that would be my biggest hobby right now is kind of just reading books, listening to podcasts, listening to um, other online courses, and then coming to work and saying, Hey, this is what I heard. Let's try doing this stuff. So I might drive them crazy with that. (laughs) You know what, sometimes you need someone to kind of push the push it to the edge and try to figure out new things. I mean, that's what it is. You don't want to have to do the same thing over and over again. As Thomas Mm -hmm. Edison would say, uh, that's this. That's this. Or was it? Was it Edison or Einstein said, you know, this, the the point of insanity is is doing the same thing and and, tr- and trying to mm-hmm. get ex- different results or something like right. that. So there you go. <laughs> so you know, besides okay for you know work, creative hobby. You know, what do you do health wise um, to make sure that you come as the best person each day mm-hmm. um, into into work? Um, so this is. A new practice because I'm, you know, I'll, I would say you're all, everyone should always be striving to be their best self. And that means you're always striving for the rest of your life. <laughs> um, but so this is a new practice that I put into place, which is uh, I wake up an hour earlier every day and I've just been starting to do a lot more of self care. So taking that hour in the morning to focus myself and think about what, you know, what I'm going to be working on today thinking about the things that I'm grateful for, and then getting a quick, you know, half hour workout in so that I got my energy up and I'm ready to go. That's, that's probably been the most, and it's, you know, I've heard this from so many life coaches and gurus, it might sound a little cliche, but I was amazed at just the impact of creating a morning routine kind of, kind of blew me away. I I totally agree with you on that. Like, 
preserving your mind, going into a fresh mind, calm mind, not a rushed mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it helps with creative mind. So, right. yeah. So Terry, thank you so much for being on this episode, talking about um, your company, um, design mindset, and, and talking about you uh, for, for the listeners out there to get to know you as a person um, and, and, and some little small actionable steps of <laughs> how they could, you know, take some things and, and, and improve themselves. So thank mm-hmm. you very much. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. And to all the Converge coffee drinkers out there, that's a wrap. <laughs>